following the in-custody death of 22-year-old Masa Amini. People are dying. They say goodbye to their families, leave and go and protest in Iran, knowing that it, it is quite possible that they never go back home. Even if they're not killed, that they would be imprisoned, they would be raped, they would be beaten, they could go missing, but they rise. No matter what the atrocity is, we are rising because we want democracy in Iran. We deserve democracy in Iran. We deserve justice in Iran. We deserve freedom. What started as a protest turned into an uprising, and now it's being considered a revolution. The boiling point that we have nothing else to lose, and the only way that we can have any future is to fight. After the unjust death of 22-year-old Masa Amini in Iran on September 16th, waves of protests erupted worldwide, including in California, which has the highest number of Iranians outside of Iran. Iranians have, after 43 years, finally came to unite on one ask, and that one ask is to get rid of the regime of uh, Islamic Republic in Iran and have a free and fair referendum uh, so that the people of Iran can chart their own future on their own terms. My guest today is Sudi Farrokhnia. Today she gives us an update on what's happening in Iran. Stay tuned for an insider's perspective. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Thank you very much for having me. We want to talk to you about something that's going on, and most Californians by now must know about it. There's a, a big thing happening in Iran, and a lot of Californians have been protesting, especially in Orange County, Los Angeles, and San Diego. And, and California has the most number of Iranians outside of Iran uh, in the world. Correct. And uh, can you tell us what's happening in Iran now? Well, we are in the middle of a revolution. You know, it, what started as a protest and an uprising, it has changed to a full-blown um, revolution. And it's uh, really heartwarming to see uh, how Iranians have, after 43 years, finally came to unite on one ask. And that one ask is to get rid of the regime of uh, Islamic Republic in Iran and have uh, the opportunity to have a free and fair referendum uh, so that the people of Iran can chart their own future on their own terms. Now, how this came about? What's the development? How right. did this, this well, I mean, obviously, it's been com you know years in brewing uh, to come to this point, but uh, um, the, the main thing was that on September 16th, uh, a 22-year-old uh, Kurdish uh, young woman uh, of the name of Gina Massa Amini uh, came to visit in Tehran, the capital of Iran. And uh, as she stepped out of the metro with her brother, she was faced with the um, morality police who uh, were um, alleging that she had too many pieces of hair uh, showing uh, you know, against the compulsory hijab. And she tried to plead that she's new to the city. She didn't know about these rules, but they uh, beat her up with a baton. Wow. And according to her brother, she had some bleeding from the ear as they were dragging her out. And she was in custody for three days and she passed out. Uh, they, they, even the government has released the video footing that she passes out. And so when she was brought to the hospital, 
Uh, she was uh, already unconscious. And two very, very brave uh, female reporters broke the news out. And the family were even as brave to speak out uh, about this. And that's how the news got out, because this is not the first time that someone has died in the hands of the government. But for it, for the people to watch her, that three days that she struggled to stay alive, and the, you know, the, the hospital staff and the family speaking minute by minute about what is going on, it was just the last straw that broke the camel's back. And, you know, of course, the, she was from the province of Kurdistan that have for many, many years struggled and the, you know, uh, the hair of their mothers is what th that men in Kurdistan actually swear to. Uh, wow. So, so for for a young Kur Kurdish um, woman to die based on her hair, it was like it's unimaginable. So they came out uh, with the, you know, uh, in the protest, and the, their slogan was Jinjian Azadi, which was not a new. A slogan. The slogan has be, has been around for about 30 years. Uh, that within the court, the Kurdish people were using it. But as soon as the news got to to other cities in Iran, they translated it into the Farsi version of Zanz and the Giyazadi, or Woman Life Freedom, and that has been the slogan of this uprising since. After the incident got covered by these reporters, you know, people broke the stories. Then what happened? With Massa, did they come out? People did came. People, people came out. You know, like for, first, you know, they they were by, by thousands that came out in Kurdistan, and the news got to the other parts of the Iran. And people came out in, you know, just, um, you know, grassroots, completely grassroots, like no coordination or anything. People came out, and very quickly, while the initial uh, was, you know, say her name, Mahsa Amini, and they, you know, and there was a, a effort to use the hashtag Mahsa Amini, whether it was in Farsi or in English, and using the hashtag Zanzendigiyazadi. That's how Twitter and Instagram just exploded. This is before the, you know, the internet was uh, um, closed, right? closed up in Iran. So, they, uh, you know, people got out and everybody was just, you know, like the song Baroye, uh, got its uh, idea of uh, being able to say, why are we fighting? And so, you know, the government was t t taken, you know, off guard because, you know, there so wasn't it was the first time. So right? Different completely. regions. So university pockets, students from different regions, pockets. All different. Different classes of society. And the biggest. And the biggest, this is why they say, they, you know, the chant is that this is a, um, a woman-led revolution, where it, it really changed from an uprising to a revolution, was that students, yeah, young girls in their teens, they went and ripped the pictures of the Supreme Leader and the Khomeini off the walls. Uh, you know, they turned it around and they started Riding Zanzan and the Gyoza, they, they took their scarfs out. In the beginning of every, uh, you know, book, there's the picture of the uh, Supreme. They tore those out, up. You know, they, you know, they had people from the regime that came in the, um, in in the schools, and they kicked them out of the schools by, you know, calling them names. And then, kids, I'm talking teenagers, even as young as ten or eleven, would just storm out of schools, they would just storm out of schools and start rallying on the streets and screaming. And r even right now, 
widespread. You see women going to restaurants, and they're not wearing their covers. And uh, other members of the community who maybe they kind of waited to see how these are going, especially I'm talking about artists or people who are in media, you know, they came out in support of the people, meaning they lost their jobs, you know, but they were willing to lose you their jobs. You can go to jail too. Yeah, like of, it's oh, not there many you have Because gone. they know you and then they will throw you in jail and they might bother your family they, because they are you're several already unknown. Correct, there are several people who are in house arrest right now. Uh, they are bringing their uh, plain body, uh, you know, plain clothes uh, folks that uh, they come, they ambush within the protesters, they open up and they just grab people and toss them in ambulances and take them, um, you know, um, they're even stealing corpse. You know, they, they're not letting family members actually bury their own, you know, the Keon, they, you know, the youngest so far that who lost the his life. The young kid that yeah, was the nine-year-old, like, you know, in the city of That was just driving, Easy. sitting in the car, right? Yes. He was just sitting in the car, and they shot the car. Yeah, right? and he couldn't, he couldn't get further down, and he got shot. His family did wouldn't leave the corpse, uh, you know, uh, with the government bodies because they were afraid that they would steal him because they would, you know, the the news had made it out and there was so much outrage. They were having. F you know, family members and neighbors bring ice and they ice the corpse right in the middle of their living room until they could bury it the next day themselves. I mean, the atrocities are in so many folds, you know. Um, they, they, there are bodies of girls that they raped and then they shot right inside of their, um, you know, um, internal bodies. And so uh, doctors and nurses that have gotten these news out or they even stolen body or, uh, you know, organs. Uh, yeah. uh, and so the bodies are coming out and they're not in, in full because they're young wow. and they would be able to sell and use these organs. So um, and Chinese government has done that in labor camps. We had actually our paper broke this story about China. But this is this is. This is yeah, unfortunately, Iran's there government, no there's no shame. And uh, Iran's government is um, not much different than the Chinese in suppression that they are doing. And it's interesting to see, so usually in Iran, what they do is they divide the regions by their ethnicity and say, okay, this is the Kurdish people, they want to they wanna separate from Iran, or there's, these are these kind of people. Azaris, yes. Yeah, they they the always, so... It seems like behind this movement, it's really about Iran, and none of these people want to separate from Iran. No, I mean, you know, the concept of divide and conquer has been truly the strategy of the regime, Iranian in, regime. the Iranian regime. They have constantly tried to uh, put fear within the, you know, the populists, the nationalists, uh, people within the country of saying, well, if you do this, there, there's going to be an internal war and then all this is going to be all separated. You know, they, they talk about the um, the Arabs within Iran, you know, in Khuzestan where there is most of the oil uh, wells are there. Oh, then we're going to lose all of that because they're going to go with the you know, Arab countries and the Persian Gulf and the Sistan, Balochistan or the Kurdistans because they want to come together and have a free Kurdistan with the Kurds in Iraq and Turkey. Azerbaijan, they're trying to join the Azerbaijan 
country, you know, which is ex like exactly right on the north of Iran, you know. And so they've been putting that fear. But, you know, the Iranian people now are so uh, wise. Iranian people, especially inside Iran, are so wise. They know that unity is the only way to win. And they, you can see it in their slogans, you know, it, it, like they start by saying, Khuzestan, Khuzestan, Cheshmo Iran, which means Khuzestan is the light, is the eye, you know, it's the vision of Iran. Just making that the other parts of Iran are like praising Kurdistan or Beji Beji Kurdistan means victory or, you know, like hail to Kurdistan. But what they've done is they've changed it because in uh, Azerbaijan, they say Yashasin Azerbaijan, which is also hail to Azerbaijan. So now they've changed it. Now they say Yashasin Kurdistan Beji Beji Azerbaijan. And they are using that very, very strategically to say when we are chanting, we're chanting for all of Iran. There is no separation between the Azari or the, uh, you know, or the Sistan, Balochistan, like uh, Zahedan's, you know, Sistan, Balochistan is the Cheshmo Iran. Iran. It's, uh, it's the uh, vision and the light that leads Iran. That is all saying that all the outskirts uh, provinces are actually our leaders. And the, that centrist mindset that the regime has been trying to, um, you know, reflect has been, you know, willingly subdued to highlight the provinces that have been constantly been battered by the regime and, you know, name called by the regime so far. You know, when I was in Iran, because I came out of Iran about 20, 23 years ago. Just when I went for once into Iran. Yes. Yeah, so must have left. So I was 16, and at that time, in my school in Tehran, I couldn't tell maybe even 5% of the kids supported the regime. Right. Maybe 10% of 5% of the kids, they, they had support. And there, there is a misunderstanding outside of Iran that people of Iran and the government is the same. Can you explain of course uh, yeah. how it is? Yeah. Like, so we just even after the revolution, right? After the revolution, there, there's a lot of people that didn't like what they got no. as a government. Yeah, I mean, if we want to go f you know, further back, we have to always remi remind, uh, let, let's start by how Persia became Iran, right? So the whole concept of the great Persia and how um, you know the countries came to be called Iran and the um, issues that we're facing it was an effort because uh, to kind of dim the light of the Persian culture and heritage that had for many years withstand all kinds of in, you know uh, intrusions into Iran from the Mughals, from Islam coming into Iran, you know, and many others that had came to and passed. But the Persian culture had always prevailed. So in the, during the Safavid, um, you know, dynasty is where Islam really tried to penetrate and um, take over the Persian culture. But it 
it has always prevailed. You know, they were never able to take, for instance, Noruz, which is the first day of spring, as our New Year. They could never turn it because we. F they could never turn our calendar, that is a solar calendar, into a lunar calendar, which is what the Islamic, um, um, you know, most Islamic countries follow. So the Iranians had always tried to use their culture and their history as a way to fight back, right? And so now fast forward into 1979, and there were, you know, there were, you know, the country was not perfect, but um, but it was, there was so much change that had happened during the Pahlavi, uh, you know, dynasty that there were people who were religious, they were uh, not as exposed to the, you know, foreign countries, that they, it was too much for them, it, you know. And then, of course, the, you know, Khomeini, uh, was very upset when the Shah of Iran granted, uh, you know, voting rights to the women. That's when he started fighting with the Pahlavi regime because uh, he said that, you know, if women were to be able to vote, that means that they were all become prostitutes. You know, just ridiculous things like that. So, of course, he went to exile. And unfortunately, the West, you know, didn't like the policies that the Shah had. And, you know, they took him from Iraq, where he was in exile, put him in a nice place in France, and gave him, an, you know, a you know way a platform to speak to the people of Iran. And so the uprising happened, and of course there were, you know, all kinds of, you know, communist or semi-communist groups and all that. And there was a unity then. They just wanted to make sure that the dynasty of Pahlavi is gone, but. Obviously, not everybody wanted to have a religious, uh, you know, atrocity to, to happen. So the referendum that happened there was supposed to be whether you want to have a republic or not. And at the very last like day... Like a democracy. Like right, that's what people want. Yes, people wanted democracy. But the referendum, the question in the referendum was simple. Republic or not, meaning getting away from monarchy, right? At the very last minute, they added the word Islamic Republic. And that's where, you know, all these other groups started to say, wait a minute, that was not it. So the Islamic Republic would claim that we had 90 plus percent of people voted for a republic, meaning they didn't want to have a monarchy anymore. But the fact that they made it into Islamic Republic, that's where already at the, out, you know, the beginning of this, uh, regime, people were already fighting. And so they captured a lot of people, killed many people. And then the notion that the women would be subject to the, uh, you know, compulsory hijab came out within 20 days of the uh, regime being in power, happened to be just around March 8, you know, and the women took to the streets of Tehran, for, you know, for days they were fighting uh, that, you know, we didn't uh, have a revolution so they, that they would be oppressed and be taken away. So f the government kind of took back and then within a couple of months they came and said who, who, whichever woman that wants to work for any governmental bodies, uh, they would have to come with a scarf. So the first day that the women had to go there, they call it the day of mourning. Women dressed in all black and went. Some women refused to go. So 
by not going in, they lost their jobs because they just wanted to push women outside of the workforce. And this was their way. If, it, if either you work, but then you have to apply, you know, apply the uh, Islamic, you know, uh, regime's uh, mindset, and you have to wear cover, or you can't come to work anymore. So the fight for self-determination uh, by the Iranian women have started from the get-go of this regime. Uh, and it was, you know, sadly, um, you know, most men, I can't say all, but most men stayed quiet. Most men pushed women's issues to the side and said, we have bigger things that we need to deal with. If you just have to have a piece of, you know, cloth over your head, you know, think about bigger picture. But at the same time, this regime was very aggressive in persecuting people, right? From the beginning, Correct. what they did is, as I study, the, I've, I've been studying China a little bit, the Communist Party, yes. and how the revolution in China, Communist mm -hmm. Revolution, very similar to Iran. When, when Khomeini came, he actually told people, I'll give you your free oil. Water, you, I'll give you everything is free. Money. I'll bring you your oil yeah, money you're gonna to you. You're going to get free electricity and free water. Yeah, it's a very and you're gonna communist. Get the new, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they went after people layer by layer. You know, right. the students that were doing the protests, some of them got in trouble. Oh, of course. And b people were probably very scared yeah. to actually even say anything because <laughs> they could. Yeah. So, so. But but th that's and and the man at that time, from what I recall, even you played music, sometimes you could get in trouble. Right. Or, I mean, know, there was always the black market, right? So people they, at the time, you know, the, you you get all the music that from the singers who came outside of Iran, and they would you know, come yeah, to your door you and to bring you videos. Because you and cannot have like legal. Legally, you couldn't yeah, even watch so movies, you know, foreign made movies or listen to music. So they, you always had, every Iranian had a hookup, yeah. uh, you know, that someone who would bring videos and, you know. But the majority of people didn't support this regime. Right? Never did, never did. But they stayed complacent because of the fear. Because the other, and also remember that they, took all the guns away. They, That's true. They took That's all true. the guns away. You know, so before- They collected the guns. Yes, yeah. yeah, so before, a lot of people had, you know, my grandfather had a handgun, but it was registered and he had, you know, he had a license to carry. You know, there were a lot of people who went and did, um, you know, hunted, and so they had hunting guns. And so a lot of people, some people hid their guns and they make it obvious that they had it. Uh, but many people, you know, in the interest of, you know, not being killed and not being captured. But if they get raided at their house and they find illegal arms, they willingly gave their guns up. Uh, and of course, they had killed so many of true, um, you know, servants of the community uh, who had been perhaps in the army before or in other, uh, you know, uh, capacities. They killed many of those. They also went on, you know, killing spree of opposition leaders around the world. And so one of the problem we have, you know, you know, the issue that we've had is the fact that, I don't know if I, you know, you guys are okay with this, but you know, the, the president of the United States at the time, there was the Iran Contra. They sold guns to Iranians. Mm -hmm. They looked the other way uh, when the, the Iranian government went on killing spree of all opposition leaders around the world, you know. And there was a point where they actually killed a lot of the prisoners in Iran. 
they called oh, yes. it cleaning up the prisons. And yes. they killed everybody that had any political issues with the, with the government. Yes, that was the 1989. 5,000 people were killed in the sum that summer, uh, you know, mostly from different you know, Didn't uh, matter their backgrounds, whatever. If they were politically were in prison, they got killed. Yeah, kangaroo tri trials that they did, and they carried the executions really quickly. And then they um, created an, a whole new cemetery, Khavaran, where uh, they buried all these people. Some of them were buried in mass graves. Some were apparently not in mass graves, but they are not marked. So the families, especially they call them the, mod, uh, the mothers of Khavaran, they go every year, um, you know, um, and uh, they mourn because they don't even know where which one of the, uh, you know, the graves is their their own child. So they mourn together because they they were all killed and buried there together. And so talking coming back coming forward, you know. Uh, these pockets of mass killings have been happening and also pockets of uh, uprising has been happening. But obviously every time that there is an uprising, they are even, um, you know, becoming more and more brutal and more and more obvious on the ways they do it. We, we, we had uprisings by the students several times that they went into the, you know, raided the students' um, campuses, campuses and, and tossed students from the top of the buildings to the floor. And then we fast forward, then it comes, you know, the time of Ahmadinejad and what was called the uh, Green Uprising, you know, at the time it was, no, is it 19? No, no it 2009. Was, it was 2009 or yeah, when, 2009. when they actually did, the, they changed the results of the, the election, the election significantly. Yeah. Correct. To, to actually, it was a very obvious. Obvious. There was like a few million people coming to the streets. I, exactly. And so the, diff the, the question is, uh, while the uprising right now is, you know, widespread, but it hasn't been in millions. Where in, you know, at the Green Movement, there were millions on the streets. And so what's the contrast? I would tell you that the, where we are right now in this revolution, because that was an uprising, this is a revolution because the people at the time were looking for their vote, and they were looking for justice, and they were looking for still reform, reform within the system. Reform within, within the, system, the system, right? And the difference was that the two opponents of Ahmadinejad, Karubi and Mir Hussein Musavi, both of them were also part of the regime. Part of the system. They, they were part one of the yeah. system, you know. Uh, but they all already had campaign headquarters there who were organizing. Right now, this is a leaderless, or I would say many leaders, revolution. So we don't have that, you know, campaign base that can, you know, organize and bring people. And so, whether inside Iran or outside of Iran, there is some fear of unknown that because you don't know, like, what's going to come after this regime falls. And so many of us say, don't worry about the after. We'll, we'll deal with that. Right now, let's get rid of the common enemy. And then next, we'll come to a referendum. And everyone can decide, they can have their voice. I actually live outside of Iran for you know almost 40 years now. The likelihood that I would go back to and live in Iran is very, very dim. If I'm fighting, 
it's not because I am trying to think about what my future would look like in Iran. I don't have children. I'm not fighting for my own children. But I am fighting for the children of Iran who live there, the 82 million people who live there, and they should be charting their future. And so we have to believe in the Gen Zs that are on the streets and they're fighting for their uh, future. And they, you know, they, these kids, they didn't see the revolution. They didn't see the war. They didn't see the mass killings, you know. What they've seen is internet. What they see is what the world looks like outside and of And they Iran. don't buy this they don't propaganda because there's so much propaganda when we were growing up there. Exactly. In the movies, it's in the, it's in the television. And even if you don't believe it and you know this is all fake, still there is propaganda. And this regime has been from the get-go has been like this. Yeah. It's just now it seems like people are not putting up with it and then they're seeing the true nature of it. Truly, exactly. It, it, it is that case. And, you know, as of the cases, sadly in China and, you know, in other countries. But the thing is that the, the world hasn't been paying attention. And now, you know, and it's not really the media's fault so much. Um, a lot of the people who left Iran, there's, I mean, all of us are traumatized, you know, and everybody was, wanted to heal beyond that trauma. Some people are still in that stage. They're like, I left family, I left lo loved ones, I came here to have a normal, quiet life. And they're the ones who are still not coming and protesting right now, because just, there's just so much trauma. Because there could be a lot more in California. Exactly. These protests, because there's million. I think there's, there's at over least a half million. a million in SoCal. Yeah, there's, uh, I think, a million plus, including the North Cal, Bay Area, but at least half a million in, in, in SoCal. SoCal. And the that, biggest... And they're not coming. No. Yet ha they haven't come out as much. No. The largest protest that we had uh, was on October 19, and that was about 32,000 people in L.A. And, you know, like 14 buses uh, took people from Orange County, and many people drove in a, a car rally from San Diego. So it was SoCal that showed up in in LA. It wasn't just, just LA it. people who showed up in that event. I myself flew into DC because there was a call in action to go and march in front of the White House. So some of us also went to DC to march, you know, as just as I did last week with other people from other states that we all flew into New York in a very brutal cold, but which partly why I don't have much and voice left. And you've been actually working very hard because these, these protests, there's a lot of chanting, there's a lot of... There's a lot of know. chanting. There's a lot of chanting. And it was the cold and, you know, I couldn't even feel my fingers because I had to keep my cell phone. We had, there is an app that we use, the slogans, to make sure no matter what line, we are, part of the line we are, we all say the same slogan, but it wouldn't work with my gloves on. So I had to keep this right hand out and keep touching my screen so the screensaver wouldn't come up and... You know, but I'm willing to do that. I keep, I keep reminding myself that people are dying. They, they know, they say goodbye to their families, leave and go and protest in, in Iran, knowing that it, it is quite possible that they never go back home. Even if they're not killed, that they would be imprisoned, they would be raped, they would be beaten, they could go missing for, you know, but they're, they rise, no matter what the atrocity is. They rise as, you know, if the Kurdistan is under siege, the rest of the Iran rises. We are rising. The whole, 
you know, whether we are in diaspora or inside Iran, we are rising because we want democracy in Iran. We deserve democracy in Iran. We deserve justice in Iran. We deserve freedom. And to make a point that we understand that a war economy brings money. We understand that there are lobbyists from the gun you know, factories and many other special interests that they like to have a regime like Iran to in create place, wars in to Middle create East wars in problems. Middle East and uncertainly so they can sell more guns to Saudi Arabia to this uh, this and that or send our tax money to protect other countries and all of these things we know we are a team of people that, you know across the globe that are getting in people's faces and we're saying a nickel a dime that is sent to the Iranian government is funding terrorists you get rid of the Iran's, you know, you, not that they get rid of it. We don't want them to bring freedom for us. We will get freedom for us. But stop supporting them. Cut all ties, just as EU recently did, right? They cut all their ties. But if they really mean it, they should pull their ambassadors outside of Iran. You know, send the ambassadors of Iran back to Iran. Cut, truly cut all ties with the regime. Because the regime is not representing the people, has lost all legitimacy. It had never had the legitimacy to begin with because it's not representing the will of the people. But if the world was waiting to really truly see it because they, we still had elections. Oh, well, if they're still having elections, then there is, this is a democratic country. Which no. is really always chosen people by chosen one people. person to... to pick from exactly and they're all the same anyways. They're all the and same if they the change same. their views then they will either not get elected or or, or they're killed yeah. too yeah. or they're killed <laughs> too i mean for god's sake i mean we had rafsanjani who was the theorist of the revolution he made khamenei the, the leader and then leader. he became he, then they, they killed him too. and then they killed him his daughter is in jail you know there is no there is you know there is no mercy there is no loyalty there is just the will of power, and that's all. But then also, I might remind everyone that uh, when Khomeini came to Iran, he said that the um, that Iran is the is the basically is the reward to Islam, right? So this regime has no sense of loyalty or love for the country. That's why right now, you know, China has, has taken, you know, lease of 99 years of our marine lands in the Persian Gulf. They're uh, taking soil of Iran and taking out, which is gonna change the topology, taking the, uh, you know, the whole, uh, organism that is there. I mean, it's terrible for the, the future of the ecosystem is, in Iran yeah. is changing. And there's drought in and those rivers and they've caused a lot of problems. Exactly. There. And then Russia has came and is saying, oh, we, we'll help you put your refineries up. They're building, uh, you know, settlements for Russians inside Iran, you know. And then, of course, we see that Iran is uh, giving their drones so they can use them in the fight against Ukraine. And then some of these drones that have been captured, you know, have been taken. 
you know, recent, just in the past uh, 48 hours, the news has come out that more than 80% of the semiconductors that are using the, these drones are actually built in the United States or in the West. Wow. So how is it that they're getting their hands on they this? They have access. They have access, despite all of these sanctions that has been going on for all this time. Uh, you know, they, they have guns. They, they're using paintballs in the beginning. Now they're just killing, sh blank sh uh, you know, uh, shooting people. But in the beginning, they were using BB guns and they were using paintballs. So then if somebody would go to the hospital because they ha they've had this, you know, punctured eye or... Colored, yeah, yeah, so they can see. Then they know that this person must have been a in protest. a protest. And then they would take them from, you know, to, from the hospitals. So what happened was so many people wouldn't go when they needed uh, medical care. So there were doctors who started putting their names out and said that, you know, if, if you know of anyone, we'll treat them in their homes. You know, there are doctors outside of Iran that through Zoom using wow. everyday material are trying to help these people, you know, take the, 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 the ricochets out of the people's body, you know, teaching other family members to do mini surgeries wow. on family within, within them because they're afraid to go to the hospitals or any, seek any formal medical care. And some of these BB guns are manufactured here. Like yes, American. the paintballs that you so, can see so the So the pictures. regime is able to, despite all these sanctions, and they're able to, and they also have people here. There's yes. a, it's, and they, some of them, even they try to get involved in providing news or getting, sharing some sort of disinformation. Oh yeah, there's a lot of disinformation here. There's propaganda here. And you know, the government doesn't like, is very scrupulous in the ways that they try to do. So I was among this, you know, maybe 10 people that Iranians that were in the building at the Oceanside when President Biden came. And we held our phones up uh, with the sign of free Iran on there. And, you know, some of some of the ladies there were more petite, you know, not that I'm very tall, but, you know, even more petite than I am. And they were jumping up and down to make sure that over the heads of other people that the, they can get the attention of the president. So presidents start talking about the things that they, the administration have done for the veterans and how it's personal to him with his son and all that. So as he's talking about the trenches, he turned around and finally took notice of this small group of people with the same sign in their hands, jumping up and down. And I was live, I was the only one that didn't have to sign up because I was live streaming the whole thing. And he said, don't worry, we're going to free Iran. They will free Iran pretty soon. And the place exploded in cheers. We were all in tears. The president of the United States had acknowledged that freedom is you know, at hand. And it, it was just an amazing you know, feeling. Very impactful presence of us. You know, this is a testimony that representation matters. It's important to be in the room, right? And so a few days later, this song Baroye that was sung by Sherwin has become sort of like an anthem of this uh, movement. Uh, it, it's a collection of um, 
tweets that people had done and say, why am I fighting? And say, I'm fighting, you know. Because. Because. But that means because. That's why I'm fighting. Yeah, that's why I'm fighting. And with all, so he took them all and made them into a song. And so everybody's singing this song. They took this song, turned it around, and and they named it For My Neighboring Sisters, okay? And they have six Afghan women or young girls that are singing this song. It starts with a clip of George Bush uh, senior, uh, I mean junior, uh, talking about bringing freedom and democracy to Afghanistan. So then they change the lyrics and they're showing the disparities in Afghanistan and all this thing. And then it ends with, say, instead of change, saying, or you know, women life freedom, they call which means women, life, knowledge, all right? And then they show the part that President Biden says, we will bring freedom. So people start sharing this. Oh, it's another version of Baraya because it's been sung in different songs. But it was clearly a regime propaganda to say, this is what happened in Afghanistan. This is gonna happen here this too. This is going to happen here too. Another way of stealing, you know, instilling uh, fear, uh, they, you know, don't trust the Americans. What the Americans bring is just disaster. Because they've always said that any movement that happens in Iran, any protest, any anger at the government is always orchestrated by the Americans. But, yeah, by the Americans. Everything is foreign. Yes, everything <laughs> is foreign. Nothing, you know, people are not hungry. People don't have, uh, you know, no outlook for jobs. You know, we have, you know, highest educated, uh, you know, society in Iran with 70% of the students uh, graduating with masters or even PhD are women. We have highly, highly educated, uh, you know, um, community, especially the young people, but they don't have jobs. There, there's no jobs. There's no freedom. There's, there's no, no freedom. Open. It's not there's open. No, it's not it's an not open economy that you can't work with any other countries. Yes, and then you have all the time this, um, you know, news of that all of a sudden this bank falls because the, uh, the, corruption. the, the corruption, corruption and the money laundering and you know that you know this, it, all of that and you know for, for God's sake in Iran we had the, a whole uh, overnight a whole um, oil well yeah. in the, went missing like who steals oil wells <laughs> you know <laughs> you know like and oh, oh we don't know we don't know what happened we don't know who sold it to who you know the money goes out you know and and so uh, people don't trust to put their money in the banks. You know, there's all under mattresses. Workers don't get paid. Okay, there's delay on, like, even government workers don't get paid for six months. Exactly. There's been a lot of corruption and disasters. Things have been getting a lot worse. It, it has and been, yeah. It's been bad and it's just worse and worse. To, to a point that, the, you know, the boiling point that we have nothing else to lose. And the only way that we can have any future is to fight and people are on the streets and they are fighting and their you know message is very clear no more regime in iran free and fair referendum in iran well sudi farrokhnia it was great to have you on california insider thank you so much for your invitation and thank you for very much for paying interest in what is going on in iran We want to ask you to sign up to our California Insider email list 
You will receive exclusive updates on our upcoming documentary and get the latest inside stories on everything that's happening in California. Go to insiderca.com and sign up 